WPTF. Radio 680 WPTF making your home great is on between now and 4 o'clock this afternoon. We're going to talk about stuff that relates to your house. Myself and Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. I also have a couple of uh, couple of guests on the show. We've got Nick Petros with the Natural, uh, sorry, National Weather Service going to join us after the 2.30 news for an update. And while it looks like we're okay, Nick says, well, don't don't lose your mind here. There's still a storm in the area. Uh, so we're going to hear the details from Nick in just a little bit. Later on in the in the show, we're also going to hear from an AccuWeather meteorologist um, uh, with essentially, I'm sure, a similar message. Robert Underwood is the number two uh, our um, guest. He's with Underwood Tree Service. He says he's been running after he's he's visited areas hit by at least 20 hurricanes so he's got some experience in this area tim ferruzzi how you doing tim good good to hear from you so what is our topic today well yeah uh let's talk about the other topics that are coming down the road too so people can be uh can expect uh what the saturday shows are going to do from two to four sure um today we're going to talk about concrete and then uh, next Saturday, we'll talk about OSHA and safety yeah. in the construction business and how it might affect your property while the work's being done and things of that sort and what kind of liability you may or may not have. Yeah. Uh, the following uh, Saturdays, we'll do insulation. Exteriors will be another one. And then soon after that, in early October, we'll be talking about special projects that I've done over the last 30 years and things I remember about certain things that... Uh, um, you know, people might be interested in, and structural issues will be a topic of, of conversation around the 14th of October. Right, and so, a- any time, especially in this first hour, or any time we don't have a you know a guest talking about a specific topic, please do call and talk to us about anything you want to. Go ahead, exactly. Tim. I'm sorry, I rudely interrupted you. No, no, no absolutely. So we're gonna, we know, we try to to stick with topics uh, just to keep some kind of structure going on, but if you've got a, a question about a roof while we're talking about concrete or a kitchen, you know, feel free to call or even a commercial building, uh, you know, front doors and drainage, any of that. So yeah, we're we always should, open for any of those topics. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep jumping in. I, yeah. Tim, we should really, even before we get into the concrete, uh, we should uh, present the fact that you you're doing everything soup to nuts with a house and with a commercial building, and that there's not many things you haven't addressed in your career. So people should feel free to jump in with almost anything. Yep, I've been doing it for 30 years. Uh, the name of the company is Handy Helpers. Yeah. Uh, HandyHelpersRemodel.com is a way you can find us online, and then also Highland uh, Residential Roofing, and that's HighlandRoofingNC.com. And, of course, we're in the gutter business. We're in the dry sewer crawl space business. We can do a lot of things. Uh, if we can't do it, we will let you know. Uh, obviously, when an architect needs to be brought in, like Stephen Cliff will mention that to you. Yeah. Or we need to bring in engineers. We're always uh, open to the truth and right. what it takes to do the job right. And if we can't do it, we'll tell you. All right. Call today, 919 860 
919-1-919-9783. If you want to talk to Tim uh, here on the radio show, 919-860-9783. Nobody calls to talk to me. I'm not even going to pretend on that. Uh, but the number four, Tim's company, if you just want to call off air, 919-676-5969. Concrete. Really? What are we going to talk about with concrete? And is it well, the same as cement? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Is it? Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of us take concrete for granted, but concrete <laughs> is basically what our civilization is built on. Concrete, I mean, of course, is a different stone altogether, but keep going. Yes, yes. Yeah. Granted so, is something uh, else, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, for granted. I'm sorry, I missed that for granted. Yeah, there you go. Um, Dave, you're always joking. I'm just um, hearing so, your jokes, yeah. You know, when we're going down uh, the highway, I-40, uh, you know, most of that asphalt has concrete below it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, sidewalks, our driveways, some of our houses are built on it. Uh, any Most commercial buildings have concrete of some sort. Most of our foundations of all our structures and footings are on concrete. And, you know, concrete is, uh, you know, we think of the Fred Flintstone where there are breaking quarry and making things out of rocks and then yeah. they invented they invented concrete which is just basically uh four components it's uh it's cement right it's water the four main components is is, is uh, cement which uh makes up typically about 10 to 15 percent of actual concrete yeah. then there's water and then there's uh aggregates and aggregates would either be sand, and usually sand is always included, and mm-hmm. then um, stones. And obviously, these the more the more impervious the stones, impermeable stones like a granite type of stone, the better. Versus something that's porous, you don't really want a porous stone inside of concrete as an aggregate because it can cause problems. Yeah. So. Concrete, the beautiful thing about it is you can pour a driveway instead of, you know, so that's the, you know, concrete has really changed our civilization. You can mold statues out of concrete. You can build skyscrapers with concrete, whereas, you know, chipping out rocks out of the quarry to do that just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. So it's revolutionary. Yeah, it's changed the world. Tim, I've got Janine. Very important. I've got Janine in Wake Forest who's got a question right up your alley. It's a bathroom spill thing, and yeah. I see the word mold. Hi, Janine. Hi there. Well, talk to us. Hey. What's what's up? Um, about a year ago, we had um, an accident in the bathroom. My son was playing with the toilet, and the water over flooded. And, I, and the water went down to the floor below, and, um, you know, we took care of the toilet situation right away. Um, nothing broke. But the, the ceiling stained, and we were told by a friend um, that because the water wasn't still spilling, um, that we we didn't have anything to worry about. But then I had somebody come by my house who I wanted to paint over that stain, and he said that, no, we definitely should open it up and replace it because mold can, even though there isn't any water still spilling or had been afterwards, that mold could have grown? Um, my opinion on that is like the first guy that um, if it's a continual leak, 
then it is more of a concern. Typically, a one one time exposure in a ceiling it should dry out, and you really shouldn't have mold. Uh, how bad did the ceiling? Did the ceiling actually warp out, and, and or does it just look nice and flat and has water stains on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks flat, but there's like big patches on like on the ceiling. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so do you know that the leak has definitely stopped? Yes. Well, because sometimes what happens is there's say there's an overflow on a toilet, and you notice on the ceiling downstairs that there's uh, water leakage. Well, sometimes that water leakage may have already started, but you didn't notice it until something traumatic happened, and you could still have a slow leak. So coincidentally, you could have had the one big event but still have a leaking wax ring or something of a sort uh, that may have been there at that time anyway. So if you're seeing mold, uh, but you know, then you definitely need to cut out the drywall and address that. And it may not be as major as, as you think. But a one-time event in, in, in what you're describing that maybe happened fairly quickly and you had the air conditioning on and things were drying out pretty quick, Probably not. Now, if it was, uh, you know, sewage water, filthy water, stuff like that, maybe it was with the toilet. Um, and that's highly unusual unless it was just a total backup all over the house. Um, I don't know that I would worry too much about it, but don't hold me to that 100% because I'm not looking at it and not seeing it. I'm just giving you advice over the radio. But as long as it's not continuing to leak and it wasn't, over a large area, going under carpet, inside walls, things like that, and it was just contained to a small spot on the ceiling, I think you're fine. Okay. Okay. Does that, does that right. help? Okay. Yes, thank, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you, Janine. Thank you. Take care. All right, bye. Any questions at all, here's the telephone number, 919-860-9783, News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. The AccuWeather forecast on News Radio 680 WPTF and making your home great. Sunny today, high near 77, overnight low 54. Sunny tomorrow, or last good day for a couple. Uh, sunny on Sunday at a high near 74. And then Monday, we get some rain and wind. And Tuesday, tropical rainstorms in a high near 81, right now 75. Coming up on the program, Nick Petro from the National Weather Service joining us after the 2.30 news. This is making your home great. I didn't mention the, the temperature. 75 with a real feel of 78. Tim Ferruzzi, Dave Alexander, making your home great. And we take phone calls. Tim does want to talk about concrete at some point, but uh, we've got Chuck who's on the line uh, from Apex and Sean coming up after. Chuck... What's up with septic tank issues at your house? Yeah, thank you for taking the call. You're welcome. Question for you. We have a septic system uh, in our neighborhood, and I'm on the septic system. I've just had the septic system cleaned, as I thought it might remedy the problem. In my backyard, when we bought this house, there was a lot of ivy. We had the ivy pulled back from our um, the previous owner, and we put grass there. Last year, I was told that I had an underground spring right around the area where the leach field was. This year, about three, four weeks ago, 
after a heavy rain, my backyard got so wet, it literally, or half of it, it looks like right over the leach field. It's like the grass has all died. We don't have a water leak. We've had that checked. The septic system is clean and it's not full. It is slowly drying out. But does this mean that the leach field's gone bad? Or, or if I have a, an underground spring, could it actually be <coughs> permeating upwards and filling where the leach field is? How, long, how old is the house? The house was built in 1992. Okay. Um, has there been any development uh, around you since then, right in the immediate area that's maybe changed the drainage flow of, of, of your land versus other land around it? No, nothing at all. In fact, uh, okay. the house has been, has been pretty traditional in terms of, uh, I mean, there has been no development or anything along this at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, a lot of times when you have septic tanks, um, they they create, like for in commercial settings, they'll make the commercial site have a repair area versus the septic tank area. So when the septic tank area that is deemed to perk is put there, there'll be another area that's zoned as the future septic tank area, um, which is called the repair area. And I believe they may even do that in in residential settings to some degree. So you may have hit a point where um, it's not, you know, perking anymore in that area. So you could probably call, you know, if, if you're not afraid to, but obviously you want to make sure you're not causing any health problems in the area by yourself. You, you could call the health department, talk to the, septic tank people and have them come out there and they can do some core samples and I don't think there's a charge for that and they can tell you what's going on and at that point you can start calling some septic tank guys if you need to redo your your um, your lines. It sounds yeah. like the tank is, is, is working but the actual lines that go for everybody out there that doesn't know septic tanks are a tank that hold all the waste, and then there's lines coming off of it, that, and they're called leach field. It's a leach field, and, and you run piping out, and it basically all biodegrades into the soil, and everything kind of gets eaten up. Well, if there's too much moisture or the wrong type of soil content, then the biodegradation doesn't happen, and then you just get backups, and, and um, you, of course, you're, you've got issues with sewage in your yard at that point. Chuck, how so much room do you have in the backyard? Uh, I'd say the backyard is about uh, a third of an acre, just the backyard. Okay. Mm-hmm. The lot itself is about three-quarters of an acre. Um, yeah. I can tell you, other neighbors have, like, we call them, like, drainage problems in their backyard. And this mm-hmm. is, like, the highest part of my property, by the way. The leach field is at yeah. the absolute highest part. Everything else is downhill, all the way down to street level. Um and I'm just, you know, eventually we're going to convert over to sewer probably in the next six months. So yep. that will take care of any uh, health issues, et cetera. But I guess my, I, the real question I have is trying to decide if it's really a leach field gone bad or yep. is the leach field positioned on top of a spring, which is pulling the water upward. Well, either that's way, either, way, either way, that's a, that's, a, that's a leach field gone bad, either, either option. Because right. If yeah. you've got too much moisture, then obviously it's. Uh, but, I, but I'm not a 
a healthcare professional that that can tell you that 100%. You you would need to call. Are you able to tie into sewer right now if you wanted to? Not right now, but uh, within the next few I months. I mean, is, I there sewer, is there sewer access to your property? Not yet, but it's coming. Okay, it's coming. All right. So, yeah. um, it, it, and, you know, I think I, th- it, I think your leach field's gone bad, quite honestly. I think that you, you're, just because you're the highest up there, I mean, there's mountain properties up in mountains, 4,000, 3,000 uh, above sea level that don't perk. So height has nothing to do with it. It has to do with water flow. It has to do with soil content. It has to do with possibly this thing is 25 years old and maybe it needs to be redone. So right. you really need to talk to a, a, a professional about that that deals with that all the time. And I think I'd start with the um, the health department. All right. And just and let's suppose my leach field does have to be redone. I'm sure people have leach fields that go bad all the time. Mm-hmm. Is that a very complex or an expensive thing to do? Or even in my case, if I attach to, to city sewer, um, I want to probably get rid of the leach field just to, so it doesn't perk up if there is a well, uh, spring or something underground. I mean, it's, it's so difficult. You attach to the, once you attach to the sewer you won't be using that system anymore, so it'll just dissipate and no longer be an issue. But when you're actively using it, that's where the problem is, and mm-hmm. and they'll tell you what you should and shouldn't do. But as far as cost, it's hard to say. Um, it just depends on what the resolution is. And there are some right. higher-tech things that can be done now that weren't able to be done in 92. So your septic tank uh, companies, contractors, can help you with that. But you can and you can even call those guys directly. But if you want to hear a unbiased uh, person say what it really is, I would think the health department might be your first choice. I gotcha. No, that, that yeah. sounds good. I Chuck, it. I, I only I, my only role here is comic relief, so I'm going to ask you one question, one question only. How old are your teenage daughters? <laughs> because no, never mind. I, no, listen seriously. Um, this morning, I was talking to my wife and trying to figure out how much water we have to use. Yes. So, like, um, you know, I go, no, there's no children in the house. It's no children, okay. All right. And it's a three-bedroom house. Uh, we probably have the lowest water consumption we've had in years. But I will tell you, uh, not too long ago, I put 40,000 gallons worth of water by mistake in my backyard. Yeah. And that's what I think. Uh, I mean, I'm wondering if I could have flooded the leach field the fact that it's just now drying up. Yeah. Could be. It could be. It could be. All right. Chuck, good uh, luck to you. Thank you much. We Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. Bye. Yep. Be- because, and that it, was a, it was a silly question, but if you have a septic tank and you have multiple people taking showers, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, you are pumping gray water into that septic area? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, literally... There's a Seinfeld episode where the two two characters they argue and they say, "No, it goes to a different place. No, it goes to the same place." No, the f- no. in a if residential a septic wastewater. setting. If you've, ever, yeah. if you've ever been to a wastewater treatment plant, and, yeah. and some of us have while we were in college. Oh, sure. Well, that's what's going on in your backyard or your front yard if you have a septic tank, but it's happening. You know, it's like digging a hole in the it's like an outhouse outside yeah. where you just got a deep hole and you cover it all up. Right. Well, it's a systematic. Uh, yeah. All right, Tim Ferruzzi from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. 
Dave Alexander, and in a little bit, a visit from a National Weather Service meteorologist and Sean in Nightdale with a question about sliding glass doors. Stay uh, for this radio program called Making Your Home Great. The latest update on Hurricane Irma is just minutes away on WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF making your home great. On today's radio show, a couple of visits with meteorologists. Also, Robert Underwood coming up at 3 o'clock from Underwood Tree Service. You know why we called him. A telephone number for any questions for Tim Ferruzzi, 919-860-9783. I promise that we would talk with Nick Petro of the National Weather Service. Nick, I'm looking at your cartoon map on the Hurricane Center map, uh, you know, the Hurricane Center website, and it's called the Cone. The Cone, right? yeah, the, the Cone. The Cone, the cone makes me think that unless you're in Cherokee County or maybe Graham County, you're out of the woods in North Carolina. Uh, well, that's that's the furthest thing from uh, from the situation of, of reality, and that is the cone only shows where the center of the storm may go, uh, just the center of the storm. Now, we know, you know, Irma is a huge storm, yeah. and the extent of Irma extends well outside the cone in terms of possible impacts. Certainly, uh, even though the cone is well to our west um, on Tuesday, we're still going to feel, feel some impacts from Irma, no doubt about that. When will we feel the impacts, and what is it going to look like? So on Monday, we're going to see things kind of turned kind of damp. I mean, it's not going to be a complete washout, but, I mean, we'll see rain gradually lift from south to north throughout the day. So look for rain to gradually increase. It's going to start out real light and then gradually increase in intensity um, as the day progresses on Monday. But I think the worst of the weather in terms of the, the, the strongest wind gusts and the heaviest downpours, that's going to occur during the nighttime hours, Monday night, uh, perhaps maybe even lingering into Tuesday morning through about midday. So we've got a period of time, let's say, from about, I don't know, maybe about 8 p.m. Uh, Monday through about noon uh, on Tuesday, where there could be one, maybe two bands of really intense rain and, and some heavy, down, uh, uh, gusty winds, rather, um, to move through our area. So we're talking about the tree limbs down, power lines, maybe power outages. Right. I don't expect there to be widespread um, okay. tree down and power outages because, you know, we're expecting, when I say gusty winds, I'm saying like 40, maybe an isolated 45-mile-per-hour wind gust. And, you know, that's not going to knock a healthy tree over, but, right. you know, that, that, that might blow down a, a weakened tree or maybe a tree that's already half-leaning, you know, maybe a tree that was weakened from the storms that moved through last Friday. Uh, so, in other words, don't be surprised if your power goes out, but that's yeah. going to be pretty uh, widely scattered and, and pretty, sh you know, should be should be able to recover really quickly from that. How about the people in Tennessee? They look like they're right in it. Yeah, they're going to see heavier rain. In fact, even North Carolina, if you go out to like if folks out in the mountains, they're going to have to watch out because mm -hmm. you know six, seven inches of rain still is possible in the mountains, even of North Carolina, where there could be you know flash flooding and mudslides. You know, if for us here, I mean, you know, we're expecting somewhere around one to three inches of rain, and if it comes down all at once, real heavy with that band Monday night and Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning, you know, there could be localized pond, heavy ponding of water on roads, and okay. uh, folks just need went to know that when the roads are wet, slow down and never drive through areas. Where where water covers the road. Well, Nick, we've got you on the speed dial. Thank you. All right. My pleasure. Thanks. National Weather Service meteorologist Nick Petro on News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi and Dave Alexander on making your home great. And though the topic is concrete, we got, you know, guided off the path. 
Um, Tim, and the person who called about the, the sliding door did not stay, but that's all right. I encourage anybody on any topic to call us, 919-860-9783. Concrete, we interrupted you, my friend. Oh, no worries. All right. So, um, yeah, so concrete, uh, we even use uh, a type of concrete if we have a brick home, the mm-hmm. border for our steps and our walls. Yeah. Um are a concrete of sort. They're what's called mortar, and uh, it's just basically different than concrete in the fact that it just doesn't have the larger aggregate. It uses a smaller aggregate, and there's two types of mortar. Generally speaking, there's a type S mortar, and there's a type N mortar. Type N mortar is what most of us are familiar with on our steps and our uh, our house as far as the brickwork, holding our bricks together. Yeah. Type S is uh, a little bit of a stronger uh, mortar, and it's typically used in uh, maybe a below-grade application, like a footing foundation, something real close to the ground, yeah. sometimes steps. But uh, it, it just, uh, it's used, it's a little bit stronger. It's got a 2,300 or 3,000 PSI, and what PSI means is pounds per square inch, whereas the type-in mortar is more like 1,500 to 2,300 PSI. Now, you know, driveways, when when you get your driveway report yeah. or, or your driveway that you have now, it probably has 2,500 to 3,000 PSI mm-hmm. concrete, um, which has to do that. What that means is the, the amount of weight per square inch. And um, when we do concrete driveways and sidewalks or anything concrete-related, we always use, we step it up to a 4,000 PSI. I just don't want problems with it. So I always just pay a little extra and get 4,000 PSI and I'll add fiber, which is fiberglass to it, yeah. which helps helps during the curing process for less cracking. And a lot of guys don't do that, though. They just do the 3,000 PSI, the minimum. They don't add fiber. And, 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 and in some cases, in most cases, it, it suffices. But I would rather just do that little extra and know I'm not going to have any problems so say you've got a driveway and it's got cracks in it um, and you want to tear it out. So you come in, we tear it out, we check and make sure that there weren't any roots uh, under it that might be causing future problems or existing problems causing it to have been torn out. Yeah. And um, we would make sure that the ground level is, is nice and, and uh, compacted. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we bring in gravel, sometimes... Uh, we might have to reshape something. Customer might want to re-add, you know, add a, a, a parking pad or widen it or uh, curve the driveway or curve the sidewalk or widen the sidewalk connected to it. Yeah. So you would tear this out. We'd haul it away, and um, and then we'd come in and form it up and um, pour a 4,000 PSI concrete with fiber. And um, you don't want to drive on that for at least seven days. Right. And, you know, you don't want to start doing any heavy, heavy regular activity until a 28-day period. 28 days is, is when concrete is considered fully cured. So you don't want to drive on the driveway for the first seven days. And right. You surely don't want to bring any big trucks on the driveway for 28 days. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned a word a couple of times that some people don't, really understand i didn't for a while that concrete does not 
dry. You're not waiting for it to dry. No, it's not drying. Something it's hydrating. else. It's hydrating. What it's doing, you want concrete to be moist, and most concrete in most applications around North Carolina will, uh, it has to stay hydrated, so it pulls groundwater out of the dirt, you know, as long as everything is kind of moist, somewhat moist around, even, if, you know, typically your driveway's four inches in the ground, maybe an inch up, so three inches in the ground, so it'll pull moisture, so it's not drying, it's curing, right. and moisture is a very important part of it, because what happens, the cement, uh, Portland cement, is made of four major components, and they're all chemicals. Right. Uh, of some kind or minerals. You know, I don't know the exact one. I could spell them out to you here in a minute if I need to. But um, And there's one major one that when it reacts, it's called hydration. And it's the it's the mixing of the water and the cement. That is your paste yeah. of the concrete. And then, of course, your aggregates, as we talked about earlier, are your sand. And, and some sand can be man-made. And then your your rock, which you don't want those to be Typically, most of the rocks are three-quarters of an inch to one inch when it's used in concrete. Okay. Um, so that paste bonds with that aggregate, and, of course, you want to make sure it's mixed well, and that's what gives you your driveway and your sidewalk and everything else we walk on. Sid in Smithfield has a question about concrete on News Radio 680, WPTF, making your home great. Hi, Sid. Hey, how are y'all? Good. Good. Um, I have a, a car, a garage that's attached to the house, and it's, uh, I think, built in the mid-'80s, and it's a real slick uh, cement concrete floor or whatever. It's a real slick surface. Um, when it rains, if, you're, if you come in with wet feet, <laughs> it will, you'll definitely take a, a slide. It, what's the inexpensive, cheap way to... Um, there's some epoxies out there that you can buy, and there's also companies that do the epoxy floors. Uh, you see them advertised here and there. That might be one solution. Uh, I don't know how inexpensive it is. Um, you, you could possibly um, do a uh, a paint that or a paint that you feel confident. You would have to check and see what kind of paint. Uh, would stick to concrete, maybe have a little bit of a sand mix in it to get a, a little bit gritty um, might be the solution for that, too. I don't know 100%, but I would think that those are your two options is a, a concrete paint that has a gritty sand in it. And they probably sell a product like that if you go online and look around uh, that's made for the exact application you're talking about. And then the other one would be the epoxy type of floor that has a speckles in it. That, to some degree, has a texture as well and should help you out. I went in another direction. I looked up on that famous uh, website for safety materials, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at specialty mats. Does that make f sense for the application? In other words, Sid, could do you need the entire garage to be like that, or do you just need to be able to walk around the car and into the house? No, if I, if I had a pathway, uh, that would work, too just uh, maybe a, a, a two-foot, three-foot wide walkway from the outside to the kitchen door. 
Well, when that you go to, Sid, when you go to Granger.com, I want you to mention my name at checkout. Because <laughs> one day they're going to find out about us. Cause, All right. Because they'll sell you rolled mats. Do you know what I'm talking about? When I say a mat, uh, you could just roll it from in front of where you need to walk. Yeah, they use right. those in industrial settings. Yeah. You'll see those in some of the manufacturing facilities, yeah. Okay. Well, Sid, is that, oh, is, I appreciate it. Have we helped yes, you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, so. All right. Take care. All right. Uh, Thanks a thank lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Uh, Tim Ferruzzi and Dave Alexander, making your home great. He's being more effective at making your home great, but the show is called Making Your Home Great. Uh, Tim, of course, from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing on News Radio 680 WPTF. AccuWeather forecast next. News Radio 680 WPTF. We are on Making Your Home Great. Robert Underwood will be in studio after 3 o'clock of Underwood Tree Service. He's chased about 20 hurricanes. I say chased hurricanes. They usually come to him, but the whole idea is he knows a lot about trees and the aftermath of hurricanes. And we're, though, we're not in that danger zone for high winds. It's the season. So we'll talk with Robert. And if you just want to have your trees taken care of, that's good, too. After the 3 o'clock news, telephone number for making your home great, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Tim Ferruzzi. And, Tim, I got a question about this. Uh, I didn't realize you did... Uh, driveways but that's all right I, I learn things every day how deep do you have to go with what you do either the aggregate the stone the sand or and the cement how deep do you have to go before you get to soil i think you understand the question how well, thick concrete, is the pad concrete concrete uh, a driveway is typically four inches thick okay now of course what they put under the i-40 uh, in concrete would be probably anywhere from uh, 8 inches to 12 inches, if not more. And, yeah. then, of course, there would be concrete uh, aggregate under there. Now, you don't always have to do aggregate in driveways. If it's compacted well, most of the time you won't see gravel under a concrete driveway. They're just putting it right on top of the soil yeah. uh, 4 inches down. And sometimes you'll see a driveway that's an inch above ground level or even with the ground level it just depends on the lay of the land and how it was done mm -hmm. there's does that answer your question it does answer my question because i've got a section that does need to be taken off and it is a a partial driveway which means you know knowing dave alexander mr cheap it's possible i could actually pay somebody to do this okay well and, and you, know, it, you have con you have control joints so when you look at your driveway right. you have the 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 lines in it usually about every ten feet and those are control joints. Those can be done with a, a hand trowel originally, or they can cut a quarter inch groove in there after it's cured uh -huh. or, or or after it's poured. And um, that control joint helps um, handle uh, where the crack might go. You know, all concrete is going to crack at some point in mm. some place. So they put in those control joints to. Uh, be the area that the crack would go to preferably because it's a little thinner than the rest uh, as far as thickness. 
yeah. as far as the rest of the driveway. So that's how it attracts the the cracking is because it's a thinner area, thinner line. Yeah, uh, in the in the uh, realm of things. So you can come in on a driveway and you've got say you've got three or four areas that are in good shape where the control joints are uh, sections, if you will. You could easily, if you've got a cracked slab and the last two sections, say it's ten, but they're ten by nine each because yeah. the control joints would separate them. Then you can just cut those out and repour that one section. You don't always have to do the whole driveway. And I have a section that is soiled with oil because I used to own a car that that leaked. Mm-hmm. Uh, that section is there any hope of cleaning? Oil off cement. Mm-mm. None. Yeah, I th- that's what everybody no, else. Does. No, because it, it, it because it soaks in. Yeah. Now the gentleman earlier that talked about the the smooth finish uh, garage floor. Yeah. Uh, highly unlikely that oil penetrated down too deep in there because that's that's the way that surface is done. It's usually uh, a lot more impermeable. Yeah. Whereas. You know, a brushed finish is more permeable, so the the oil soaks in. I'm not saying you're not going to have an oil problem in a in a smooth surface um, uh, concrete finish, mm-hmm. but it's less likely to be as much of a problem there as it is in more your brush finish uh, applications, like you see in driveways and sidewalks and front porches and things like that. How about maintenance? The driveway. Um, my friends in Yankee Land have asphalt driveways. Uh-huh. They pour right. the asphalt, they roll it, they do the whole you know, shaping, and then they wait a certain period of time, and then, I don't know, a year later, they come in and put something on top of it. Is that the case with cement or concrete? No, no. no concrete's pretty much maintenance-free. That's the beauty of it. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, if it's done right, it's maintenance-free, and uh, you shouldn't have to pull it out for a long period of time unless you have Mm-hmm. You know, things around it that might be causing problems or, you know, just things not done properly around it. could be erosion issues, uh, different factors that play into it, but relatively uh, uh, maintenance-free, whereas asphalt, you see we're having to redo roads all the time. Of course, they get yeah. a lot of activity, but in, in the mention, like, there's a parking lot yeah. uh, of, a, of a facility, even a facility that's not used a ton, maybe a small service facility, you have to come back and with that asphalt, then you've got to um, seal it at least every 15 years yeah. uh, because of the cracking. And, and so there's advantages and disadvantages um, of all uh, surfaces like that. But asphalt does require uh, more maintenance, in my opinion, than, than concrete does. But concrete cracks. Yeah. And where asphalt might crack, if it gets hot enough, in some cases it almost fills its own void, so but obviously it needs to be sealed because it needs to be replenished. Yeah, I didn't understand what that all was about. I, th- I think she's filling in the, you know, it ends up with a sort of a pebbly look to it. Road does, asphalt does. And then they kind of paint it over with this goo. By the way, they did it on a rainy day. And that was a weird wow. thing. There's a big puddle in the driveway. Poured uh-huh. that stuff right on top of the puddle and didn't care for a second. Didn't take the water out, didn't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and they just they sealed it up. It was like they were painting it, but it was a pretty redneck kind of job of painting. Let's put it that way. 
Well, yeah, it's a, it's a steel coating is what it is. Yeah. And they do make some of those products that are able to be applied in, in, in wet environments. When you do, a, uh, when, when, if I was to reseal uh, an asphalt parking lot, yeah. and I'm not very competitive at it, so I wouldn't call me. I'd call somebody that does it all the time. <laughs> They've got the right equipment. But you, yeah, I would come in and pressure wash the place. Right. Make sure the weeds are up and pressure wash it, and then come back after a good couple of dry days. And then I'd have a blower with me, and I'd blow out all the crevices, and then I'd come in with the machinery and and seal it. And I think that's just a hot spray, and some of it's even cold applied, like you're probably describing. Yeah, where they just come in and they just they just mop it down with rollers or brushes. And, yes, and, and they move on. Yeah, yes, they do. Well, it's, this is why you would not call you because you would want to do it the best way possible. Right. And I understand that. Plus, I don't have some of the big equipment to compete with the guys that do this all the time. Uh, at the other level, you're not talking about what we just talked about, but the yeah. other level where the guys come in and do these bigger parking lots, yeah, it requires, you know, you need to be in that business to be competitive right? versus someone like me. Yeah. All right. The plan for the uh, balance of the radio program, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Robert Underwood of Underwood Tree Service. <laughs> For the next half hour after the news. And then, of course, completely open lines at 919-860-9783. You want to talk about trees and down trees? Uh, Robert says he's worked with insurance people a lot and seen a lot of damage through storms. So I think we're going to crack that subject open the next half hour. A WPTF, making your home great. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. I'm Dave Alexander, and Tim Ferruzzi is with us. Hi, Tim. How you doing? Tim, of course, with I'm Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Say hello. Hello. All right. And in studio, uh, we've got a special guest, Robert Underwood of Underwood Tree Service. Now, we're going to talk about trees for an obvious reason. They cause us a lot of trouble in these storms. It doesn't appear that we're going to have a really bad problem with high winds, according to our meteorologist, Nick Petro, from the National Weather Service. On the other hand, Robert, we're going we're gonna to talk about just regular tree maintenance as well. Mm-hmm. So, And I encourage anybody, if you've got a question about trees, 919 860 9783. How did you get into this? I was uh, doing a lot of lawn and landscaping back in the day. Yeah. And then uh, several customers are always asking to add additional services to uh, what I was doing. And one of my employees at the time uh, did tree work. Yeah. So it was a natural transition to have him step up. We do some tree work. And then it became something that actually appealed to me. Mm -hmm. And you. Right now, Underwood Tree Service, I pick up the phone. What are the services that you offer? We're, we're certified arborists, ISA certified arborist. Yeah. And what that means is we offer a large background of the science of trees, keeping yeah. them alive, keeping them healthy. And with that, uh, a lot of co- consultation work. We, um, we can do permitting for tree removal, tree pruning for uh, commercial property in the city of Raleigh. You have to have a permit. Okay. Uh, in historic districts, you have to have a, a COA, Certificate of Appropriateness, to do certain type of tree work. Yeah. And then also, um, if there's anything 
in terms of long-term planning, a lot of folks are thinking two, 10, 20 years down the line, how are these trees gonna look? Where should I put the garage, the addition, the pool, and how's that gonna affect the trees? So we do a lot of consulting work, and at the next stage is either doing the work, pruning it, removing the tree, fertilizing trees, et cetera. So if somebody is looking at their yard right now, and they have trees that are maybe a little shaky mm-hmm. in terms of health, you can come out, assess what's going on, and figure out whether it makes sense to keep the tree or even estimate how long that tree is going to be fine in its position? Absolutely. So you want to have a specific goal in mind of how long, if a tree is on its way out, that's a longer-term question. 5, 10, and 20 years could be a tree is on the way out and is going to be die or replaced, and there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of maintenance limbs falling off. But it may be a tree that you grew up with or your great-granddad planted. Yeah. So it'd be worth trying to spend the additional cost to maintain it, prune it, fertilize it for mm-hmm. 20 years, Right. versus somebody else may have moved into a new house. This tree is dying back. There's a lot of damage to the root system or whatever may be causing it. Mm-hmm. And for them, there's no emotional attachment. So it makes sense yep. for them to cut it down, remove it, plant a new tree. So then 20 years, that new tree will take the place of it. Right. And you do stump grinding, am I correct? Absolutely. We do a lot of stump grinding, especially after storms. Big, giant turnover trees. I've got two trees that really need Robert Underwood to look at them, okay? I I actually have three trees in the front, one of which is in a tragic state. It's a Bradford pear, and it's 20 years old. Now, can you already anticipate what's going on? Absolutely. The the, uh, Bradford pears should not have—I mean, honestly— Whoever planted them didn't plan for them to last this long. What goes on with that kind of tree? So a Bradford pear, I always say that around 20 to 25 years, they're too large to sustain themselves, even in light winds. The The way they grow, and it may be hard for me to describe on the radio, but a regular, a normal tree... As the rings grow out, yeah. they're actually covering up the limb that's on the side of the tree. Right. So the, the limb is actually um, on the interior side to some degree. A Bradford pear, it's always on the outside. So there's not really a whole lot holding that limb, attaching it to the tree. Right. So it's very fragile, and they're, they're always breaking in a wind. Yeah. They're, 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 the branches themselves go up. Right. I think the trunk is like 15 feet. Right. which you would call the trunk. Off that are these long, long branches mm-hmm. up and then over. They look great when they're healthy. Right. But they're, they're all right. The other one is a tree, we'll talk about it sometime, that's taller than its distance to my garage. You understand what I'm saying? When it does fall, and there is only one way that I imagine it falling, it's going to hit my house or the garage. It's going to take out the bonus room. Okay. Well, that's all right. We'll, t- we'll talk about it. So you'd be the guy to, con- to contact. It's a big tree. I can't reach around the tree. Absolutely. It's a big tree. Okay. All right. Good. Tell me some hurricane stories. Well, the, um, there's, there's several stories that you can talk about. I, I immediately think of the ones that went wrong for some homeowners. Yeah. And so uh, one gentleman, Hurricane um, Fran, our local storm 20 years ago, give or yeah. take, he was getting impatient, him and his neighbors, because it was such a big storm. There were so few folks to do the tree work that after several weeks, they decided to tackle it themselves. Yeah. And it was a large oak tree. It was a two-story house. It was leaning on the backside. 
they had a tarp over it as best they could, but obviously it wasn't keeping the water from coming in. Yeah. And so they both went on the house and he was telling me the story about it. And he was on the bottom side where the, um, the patio roof is a little bit flatter. Yeah. His neighbor was on the higher side in the tree. And these trees are under great tension. I mean, these limbs could be six, eight, 10, 12 inches, and they're bent 45 degrees because of the weight of the tree yeah. is crushing down on the roof. So the neighbor made several cuts, and one of those limbs under tension released and threw the owner off the roof. Oh, man. So he was fine after six months of rehabilitation in the hospital. And yeah. He, well, and he yeah. said that it was just one of those silly things after two or three weeks that he got impatient. And he thought yeah. they could do a little bit to get the tarp flatter and get the tarp more secure. Yes. Because they were not intending to take the tree off. Yeah. Just assist it a little bit better. And, it, and it's called knowing your limits. And that was definitely a... In, in my family, we call that hold my beer. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. Hang on. I'll be right down. I'm just going to grab the uh, grab the, uh, the saw. Tim Ferruzzi, jump in at any point with a question. 919-860-9783 is also open anybody who's got a got a question there are videotapes online on YouTube of people trying to take down trees and they end up taking out a house you know the ending before you'd start the video don't you yeah you can tell I, I had one uh, one gentleman uh, hire his employee to take yeah. a tree down yeah and it was a large tree it was about two foot in diameter and yep. the guy was going to cut it parallel to the front of the house. He was just going to drop it to the front of the house. It would be parallel. It would be one cut. Yep. He'd clean it all up. Everything was fine. Yeah. He, he wound up cutting it, and it landed right smack on the house. And if you kind of do the forensics, when he made his front cut, the little pie-shaped cut, he actually yeah. aimed it right at the house. So there was nowhere yeah. else it was going to go. It was truly um, incompetence or just totally didn't know what he was doing yeah well, so it wasn't just well, or, a uh, or he was or he was mad at his boss <laughs> <laughs> there's the possibility yes you're right but you know how to uh, there the the thought is there's a science and a physics to where the tree's going to land and a talented and or experienced lumberjack or tree service can drop a tree in between two houses yes sir Absolutely. And that's going back to what you said earlier, why I got in this business. Part of it was when you, you do your job, which is take the tree down, yeah. do not hit the azalea bushes, Amen. miss the house, yep. clean it all up, rake it all up, get everything fixed up. The homeowner is ecstatic and a little bit beyond it and happy, yeah. almost like they expect things to go wrong. In essence, that was what your job was, just to not do all that. <laughs> And in the lawn business, when I was mowing, you could mow the same house for three years yes. and hire one new employee that, that, that one cut and scalp the lawn. Yeah. And of course, the next day is the wedding ceremony. And yes. so the expectations are totally different. So when I started doing tree work, I, I enjoyed just the challenges and also the fact that when you got it right, everything's, everything's wonderful. Uh, let me just tell you the commitment. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. No, no, and we might do this after the break, but I was curious as to maybe you can tell the public why you would uh, do what's called top a tree versus lay down the whole tree, um, why you would do either scenario. And, yeah. and Dave, you, you tell us if, if 
now's the time to discuss that or if we should wait after the break. Well, like I explained last week, the great thing is we've opened a can of worms and we're going to just, you know, enjoy the, the can of worms. We're going to spill it out and discuss it here with Robert Underwood of Underwood Tree Service right after the break, also an AccuWeather forecast. And within 15 minutes, an AccuWeather meteorologist on the radio to tell us how good or how bad our outlook for the next couple of days will be here and elsewhere on News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. AccuWeather Forecast, News Radio 680 WPTF, and making your home great. Sunny the rest of today, a little cool tonight, low near 54. Then for Sunday, a high near 74, some increasing clouds. Hey, guess what? By Monday, we've got rain and wind, high near 70. And Tuesday, tropical rain, which means it's actually warmer, with a high near 81. Details on how badly it'll be and how much the wind's going to blow, coming up in just a little bit. 75 now, real feels 78. News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi, Dave Alexander, Robert Underwood of Underwood Tree Service. We're talking stories give you an idea, Tim, of his commitment, Robert's commitment, not only to Underwood Tree Service, but also the the correct way to run a business. It's his wedding anniversary. You, you were getting married, and he's telling he Tim, he's telling us that it was what Hurricane. It, it, it was Hurricane Katrina. That was the weekend you were getting married. Not the actual day it actually hit, yeah. but for us, you know, you travel a couple, two or three days a week after Katrina yeah. in order. Mm-hmm. And now we were getting married today, and I, I told my wife on Monday, hey, I'm going to go down to Mississippi for the hurricane. And she kind of looked at me cross-eyed, and I, truly being naive at the time, I thought it'd be okay. I'll be back by Friday. It's just fine. She, uh-huh. she, ta- she talked me out of it, and we got married, and I sent my uncle my partner down there, and he took care of everything. Oh, man. All right, so we're talking about topping a tree rather than cutting it down. Yeah, so I, if I understand the question right, it would be why would you want to lower the limbs versus just felling the entire tree? Mm-hmm. So, right. so most of the time we're dealing with an urban environment where there's a house, a pool, a garage, a driveway, swing sets, and in order to take that tree down safely and not injure or harm any of those obstacles, we're going to climb the tree and lower each limb down on a rope so everything's controlled. And then when we top the tree, we're actually going to top and catch it on a on a rope again so that there's no um, damage to structures. This is a full removal of a tree, though. Full removal of a tree. Yeah. And there's so, different so, techniques for so, that. So the listeners understand um, when you say after you've taken the limbs off, not in all cases do you come in and cut out the top of the tree and lower it. In some cases, you do just drop the tree completely, whereas topping, you're cutting the tree down in sections to get it manageable. Is that correct? That's right. We're just making it smaller pieces to fit between the azalea bushes and the swim pool. Uh, yeah. There if there's room, uh, you know, some houses have large backyards, and if the top may on a pine tree may be 25 feet by 15, 20 feet tall, if that spot's available to drop it, you know, 60 feet in the air, we can drop that top and put it on the ground safely. We would do that. Now, what do you do with that hardwood tree that's been there for 150, 200 years? So we, and it's uh, sitting in a historical area and it's hanging over 
literally hanging over houses. What do you do in that case? Uh, we bring a crane in if it's practical. So we yeah. uh, bring 110-ton cranes, 90-ton cranes, um, quite a few crane and you jobs. basically just cut it and lift it off? Absolutely. We cut it from the top up and work our way down. We did a, right. a six-foot diameter beech tree in historic Oakwood, and that was a, a dying tree, and we just literally took the top out and worked these limbs that were over 10 to 12 inches in diameter that were stretching out 30 feet long and just took yep. one off a time until we got it all to the bottom. Well, so you are the person who I'm going to have to call about that big tree. Absolutely. All right. Go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say that sounds expensive to most listeners. Obviously, you've got to, you've got to do it, but that's the best way to do it. It is. It's, it's, it's always the right tool for the right job, and right. we would never bring a crane in if it wasn't needed or if, it was a, if there's a safety reason, um, mm-hmm. and that's why you use a crane nowadays. And it is a little sticker shock, but at the same time, if it needs to be done, uh, people can get several estimates, and after a while, you do become comfortable when you realize that it is within – Five to ten, fifteen percent. What needs to be done? And people have to consider this when they're buying a house, like I didn't. I inherited a tree. I'm not even sure it's on my property. I think it's just on in between the line. But the point is, one day that tree's going to come down one way or the other. Yep. And I, and I know the tree is failing because the lower limbs in high winds drop down and they're all rotted out. Absolutely, and the low limbs do tend to die out with shade. Right. over time but like everybody when you're buying a new house we're all excited about the new house but we're not always yeah. considering the implications of the trees on there 20 years 30 years from now i am interested in what ha- this is out of your area but it's in your area we have had a lot of trees halfway fall down and I, when i say halfway fall, there's a lot of pine trees along us 50 um crab tree Crabtree Boulevard that have been cut off. They've fallen halfway, fallen down into the road. They cut the top off. Somebody did, probably a fire department. God bless, they did it, but they didn't chop it all down. Do you sometimes drive some of these routes and say, you know, the next ice storm, we're going to lose a bunch of trees and they're all going in the road? Yeah, it's um, it's like everybody's jurisdiction. Yeah, you know, some folks are they're paid to keep them off the power line and there's a rule of say seven feet yeah and that's all they will do is seven feet when we have a big ice storm uh, next couple years the legislative body will allow 10 feet and then after 10 feet when there's no ice storms the public will be a little upset that that tree was cut so hoarsely in their yard (laughs) and then the legislature will hear that and say let's go back to seven so they go back and forth based on the amount of storms we have in public opinion very good I got a uh, I got a card from somebody. They stopped by my house. They dropped off a card. Of course, uh, Tim, who does roofs, Tim, I want you to know that your one of your competitors uh, went house to house, door to door in Fuquay. Uh, even the part of Fuquay that didn't get much hail, which was my end, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. they're going to house to house and door to door. Robert, what do you think about uh, somebody walking around with a business card? Um, I always say the same thing, you know, it's all based on referrals and, you know, somebody being established referrals, checking out their background. And for me to some, sometimes it's just your gut opinion when somebody walks up and they start talking to you, are they just simply trying to say, Hey, I'm going to cut that tree down and move on? Or are they actually talking to you about what you're 
needs are and what you want to do. Yeah, I don't know. I I like little businesses. I, I'm in favor of people who have um, a small company, the people who do their invoices in the truck and their taxes on the kitchen table. On the other hand, <laughs> I, wanna, I seriously want, between the two of you guys, you know what I'm saying, I want yeah, somebody cheap. who... You're I, cheap. I want right. I'm cheap, but but I'm also on their side of the the argument, right? I want them to do well. I want them to get ten, fifteen years experience, so that they're so good that they're Robert Underwood or Tim Feruzzi, and somehow they got to get that way, right? Right. Well, but you don't want to. You don't want them experimenting on your house, if especially <laughs> if you've had some bad experiences. So that's the other thing you've got to be careful of. Um, I, I, not, not, not to be, uh, again, you know, we're all interested in, in capitalism and, yeah. and, and small business, but, you know, you've got to, if there's certain things like cutting down trees and putting roofs on houses where you've got to have a certain amount of trust uh, built into that company, you don't want to necessarily start with the small guy. Right. Uh, you, want, you want someone that you can trust and is going to, take care of your asset. I agree with that. I'll, I'll add one thing to that sort of line of thought is uh, we're certified arborist. And while that may be um, something people use arbitrarily, we are ISA certified arborist. And what that means is there's a certain amount of um, education that goes into that, certain amount of ethics that we uh, abide by. And one of those things is we don't spike the tree or we climb a tree with gaffs, and they're sort of a spike on the side of our boot that allows us to climb a tree mm-hmm. easily. But if you're not going to remove that tree, spiking the tree goes into the cambium wood, and it allows different types of um, spores that may get in there affect the tree's health. Mm-hmm. What I always tell folks is 10 years from now, if that tree will die, you will never know it had anything to do with the tree guy that was on your property. You'll never make that cause and effect. Yeah. So by using a certified arborist, you do know that they're doing the best uh, care of the tree now so that 10 or 20 years from now it does not die. But for your safety, the, the things that click on your boots mm-hmm. that have a bit of a sharp thing, mm-hmm. that's okay? That's good? That's good. If the you're gonna best re- you can do? That's what you're going to use if you're going to remove a tree. Okay. And it's not so much as a safety aspect. It's just uh, less physical. It's easier to climb a tree with that. Yeah. Because your safety is the... Your straps going around the tree, your safety line in the tree, uh, some other safety equipment you're using, but the the spikes are st- strictly for speed and ease and less physicality to climb the tree. Okay, all right. What I need you to do, uh, we're going to get your, connect, your 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 telephone number out again. I want people to contact you. Uh, am I correct? UnderwoodTreeService.com, UnderwoodTreeService.com. And the telephone number that people should call is what? And please write this down. Go. 919-462-0031. 919-462-0031. The other thing is, later this weekend or, or next week, I need for you to identify the exact spot in front of my house where I need to park the Subaru for the next storm. Well, I, I would say anytime you want to park underneath the Bradford Pear. Yes. Because even in a light wind, I always count on a few limbs falling down. Robert well, yeah, Underwood. The Bradford Pears, the Bradford Pears are too small. <laughs> You're right. They are too small. All right. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. We're back with uh, Making Your Home Great in just a few short minutes. Also, 
An update with AccuWeather on the storm. Updated in just six minutes. WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. Making your home great. Dave Alexander, Tim Ferruzzi. Tim, of course, from uh, Handy Helpers. Uh, HandyHelpersRemodel.com, the website for that part of the company. And, of course, he's from Highland Residential Roofing. And the website there is HighlandRoofingNC.com. And we are here till 4 o'clock. And Tim actually can help you with things that are related to your house. And he can. It's called Making Your Home Great. He does all sorts of work from the from the basement, from the crawl space, up to the roof, and, and, and probably things I haven't thought of. Hey, Tim. Hey. Good to hear from Robert Underwood. I just talked to Robert Underwood's daughter, who was adorable, and wanted to ask Daddy a question. Unfortunately, Daddy's gone. But, that you know, next time we'll have him on again. I have yeah. him on again. All right. So we were yeah, talking I about... I think it's interesting he says that he's an arborist because... Yeah. Uh, you know, that doesn't, you know, there's a lot of guys that are in a tree cutting business and all they want to do is cut your trees down and they yep. want to cut down as many trees as possible so they yep. can make as much money. And I think he's more of a, a, a preservationist. He's interested in telling you this will work and this won't work. Here's right. a situation here. Let's preserve the tree. So he gets paid either way. And I think that's important. And you've kind of taken the attitude of becoming certified in as many areas as you can in your end of the business. Yeah. Every time we bring up a new topic, Tim says, oh, yeah, well, I've got the certification for that from the American Whatever Association. Um, and it sounds well, I've like... Always been, I've always been interested in education. I've got a college degree. I've got a, a graduate degree. And any time I get the opportunity over the last 30 years, I've, I've taken it to go learn about painting and decorating or roofing. Mm-hmm flat roofing, uh, concrete, remodeling, you name it. I've been to so many conventions and, and studied and gone to classes on mold, asbestos. I've done 40 hours of asbestos studying uh, in, in classwork. Um, I've, um, you know, and, and that's just the iceberg. I mean, there's a lot, tip of the iceberg. There's lots of other things I've done over the years and, and uh, continue to do so because it makes me better at what I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also relieves me of uh, liability because I do the project right, which means that I don't have to worry about this thing coming back and haunting me. And uh, it's just the right thing to do, to try to be as a professional in the field that you work in. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Today or this week's topic is concrete. Next week we're going to talk about OSHA safety. And I'm I'm in a little bit of a puzzlement. Does this connect with hiring somebody and bringing them onto your property and having them work? Well, yeah. OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Hazard uh, Association, I think is what the A stands for. Uh, that's the federal agency that controls workplace safety. Yeah. And uh, all of us are... are influenced by that one way or another and it's gotten uh evolved over the years as as we've had um deaths and injuries yeah and it's it it makes our workplace safer 
and and I've got a thirty hour certification in that, a good ten hour certification. I've done that probably four or five times, maybe more, over the last thirty years as well. And uh, it's important to know how should the ladder be set up against your house, and how high should it extend beyond the roof, and uh, where should the ladder be placed, or how should scaffolding be set up? You remember the big injury we the big the two deaths we had downtown Raleigh area. Right. Right. Uh, where the scaffolding collapsed and killed those two uh, fellows in the last year or so. So very important how you use equipment. Uh, Robert was just on, and uh, he's affected by OSHA. You know, how do you climb a tree? What's the right equipment to use? Who's who's qualified to climb a tree? Yeah. You know, and, and do you have the insurance to cover that guy that's climbing the tree? I worry about those bringing people. I worry about bringing people out of my property. If well, you've got I don't know. You've got homeowners insurance that will protect you to some degree, right? Yeah, but I do. if you're negligent in the way that you hire this person, and you know, then you could be liable. Your homeowners insurance could turn around and say, "Hey, look, you were negligent. We're not going to cover it. You you dig into your own pockets and pay for this this uh, injury." So you're not always relieved of yeah of it just because you have homeowners insurance. It's the way you conduct business on your property that's also a consideration. When you get lawyers involved, yeah. um, you know, it's I, open. I think about hiring somebody, and you know the most expensive words in home repair and maintenance are while we're at it. So he's looking at one thing. Hey, yeah, could you look at this other thing? And that's not his job. And I worry about hiring somebody out of their expertise. I'll bet that well, would get me in trouble. Things, there's certain things, you know, you should have a licensed electrician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have a licensed heating and air guy. You should have a licensed plumber. Yeah. You should have a general contractor if you're doing a, a whole lot of different things, maybe in those specific trades as well. You should just make sure that they're they're certified. And, and you've got to be, you know, again, as we talked about a few minutes ago, about bringing the young guys up and, and, and helping them. Uh, progress their business that's great but maybe there's certain things that they should do and then there's certain things that they shouldn't do yeah for you yep i saw an article this week and again tim and i have the feeling that everybody else does about what a tragedy it is that there are hurricanes that are destroying homes and displacing people that that's a given from a strategic standpoint however the idea that these two storms, and you know there'll be a third and a fourth probably, they are going to pull people from the construction projects in Raleigh. It's, I think it's going to be really hard to hire somebody out of the box in Raleigh over the next six to eight to ten months. Um, Ray in Nashville well, look, let just... Me, let, me, yeah. let, me, let me render my opinion on Yeah, that. go ahead, please. That's why I mentioned it. The demand is so strong in Raleigh as it is yeah. that I don't think you're going to get many people from up here going there to work, in my general opinion, because yeah. there's already a shortage in Raleigh, and and workers are being paid uh, fairly well in Raleigh in the whole RTP area because yeah. of the demand. So there's no need to go down and, and bother with that headache. Yeah, uh, in Florida or Louisiana or Texas, uh, in my opinion, or Atlanta, if that's if it ends up being damaging Atlanta and up that way. But right. 
I think you may have some more of the depressed areas around the country, maybe in the Midwest and other parts in the South that might flock to that area. But I don't think it's going to affect uh, RTP that much uh, other than material prices and obviously uh, gas prices and, yeah. and it'll probably affect other things as well. But I don't, I don't see it being as much of an issue around Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill as you think. Ray in Nashville has a question that I can answer in one word, but let's let him lay it out. Ray in Nashville. Hi, how are you? Welcome to WPTF. Thank you. How you all doing? Sir? We're doing well. Thank you. I'll tell you what, it sure is a nice day last couple of days. Yes. Hey, um, I'm just wondering, I, I listen to the program uh, quite often, actually. And uh, I was just curious as any of these contractors at all that are they just they only work I guess right in the you know Beltline Raleigh area or has any of them ever work outside of Raleigh or I think the quick answer is yes almost everybody who's been on the show Tim answer for yourself I'm looking up Underwood Tree Service and and checking his uh, uh, geographic Carry Underwoods and Carry right where where are you at well, I live in Nashville. It's like 30 minutes away from yeah. Wendell, almost near yep. Wendell. Yep. But Wendell's off of uh, 264, um, outside of Raleigh. Uh, yes, yeah, so anyway, we, we, I'm, thir- I'm 30 minutes away from Wendell going east on uh, 64. And uh, I, I just had three things going on and stuff. And I, I'm poking around trying to you know, find different people, different things. And I, I just hear your show, and I just, I thought I'd ask you. Let, let me just tell you and jump in, and I do want Tim to explain for his company. Um, I'm going to read from the website for Underwood Tree Service. Um, Underwood Tree Service specializes in high-risk hazardous tree removal and plant health care in Raleigh, Durham, Cary, Chapel Hill, and the entire Triangle area in North Carolina. I think that uh, Nash County is a little out of that area. Yeah, um, we're a half hour out of there. Okay. But you know something? I When we do pick somebody to come on the show, it's rare that somebody doesn't have a 336 or a 252 number and a 919. Mm. If that makes oh. some sense. Uh, yeah. So speaking of... 252 is our area code uh, Nashville. Thing, uh, but yeah. yeah. Hey, I must be going to go a half hour out of the way, but I thought that... Ray, hold on just work, a moment, what Tim. Do you, what, what kind of work are you looking to have done, specifically? Well, uh, well, right, right off the bat for the moment, uh, we're looking at uh, probably removing three trees. Uh, and uh, uh, we've got an estimate on one, and then, uh, I mean, on the job for the trees. And uh, we just thought we'd like to get other estimates. Ray, are they big trees? Yes. They Uh, are. Are they in dangerous areas, like too close to the house? Yes. I'd call him. Honestly, what could he say? No, I won't go that far? Right? Yeah. Ray, are you driving your car right now? Yeah. You are. You know, Nashville, guys, Nashville's really not that far. When you think that you're driving sometimes from Nightdale... Yeah. to Pittsburgh to do a job, um, 
Nashville, I think, is closer than Pittsburgh is from oh, Nashville. Yeah. So actually, it's right. It's near Rocky Mount, so that's not oh, that far away. Yeah, so it's right Rocky down sixty four. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I would drive, I would give him a call, Rob. Yeah, uh, if you was the night down, you drove to Cary. You driving farther than what you are to Nashville. If you're on yeah, if you're on one side of Raleigh, the extreme side yeah. of Raleigh, and you go to like the airport, the other extreme side. You're actually yeah. driving farther than what I drive coming to work. But, you know, right. it just depends on where yeah. I guess where people's offices are at, I guess. So I'd give him, I'd give Rob Underwood a call and just say, look, are you guys interested in doing anything in Nashville? Here's what I got. You might even send him some pictures and he'll say, yeah, I'll well, come take a look at it for you. Yeah, I got an average size tall pine tree by my house, and then I got two oak trees borderline my neighbor, but one of the oak trees by my pool, one of them by neighbors between me and the neighbors there was fence the house so they're, they're you know they fall in that category of you can't just drop it you got you know right and do ray that. thank you <laughs> good luck to you and dave, i am, what, dave what's what's his phone number for tell him his, tell tell yeah uh, unfortunately except that he's driving but the telephone number is 919-462-0031 but it's underwoodtreeservice.com. Listen, I've got to go to uh, Frank Strait, who's been waiting, and thank, bless you for doing that. Frank Strait, how are you? Uh, doing fine. How are you, Dave? Frank Strait is the AccuWeather meteorologist, and he's going to tell us, are we out of the woods in Raleigh, North Carolina, or not? Uh, I'll have to say not completely, okay. although the uh, farther west track uh, forecast that uh, that we've trended toward here uh, recently is going to help matters. Yeah, uh, looks as though we uh, will get some wind and rain uh, from Irma uh, as the uh, storm passes by to our west uh, late Monday into Monday night, and uh, rain lingers into Tuesday as well. Right, uh, but the, the impacts uh, don't look to be uh, terribly severe at this point. Western North Carolina, is there a possibility? along the mountains and in the southwest corner of the state that they could see serious amounts of rain? Yes, uh, there is concern for some uh, very heavy rain for uh, several hours, uh, starting uh, late Monday going into Tuesday morning uh, in that area, along with strong winds. So there will be some serious impacts there uh, with uh, damaging winds, uh, potentially gusting uh, 60 miles an hour or more, and uh, several inches of rain. Tennessee. How bad is it going to be in the central part of Tennessee inside the probable path of the storm? Uh, well, they're definitely going to get a lot of rain there because uh, Urban is going to move in and stall for a while. Uh, the the uh, seriousness doesn't appear to be like that uh, we saw in southeast Texas with Harvey, but uh, they are going to get some rain and the potential will be there for uh, some flooding, at least over uh, middle and east Tennessee. Uh, also, uh, some wind to deal with there is too. Uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, as bad as what they likely see in, in the mountains in North Carolina, but... Uh, they may well see some uh, 40 to 50 mile an hour gusts. Frank Strait, meteorologist for AccuWeather. Thank you very much. Absolutely, Dave. Appreciate you joining us. Frank Strait from AccuWeather News Radio 680 WPTF. Our program is called Making Your Home Great. We are on for the next couple of minutes. Larry and Kerry is on hold. We're going to get with Larry in just a moment. We'll hear more from Tim Ferruzzi and myself, Dave Alexander. From 2 until 4 every single Saturday afternoon. Making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. Well, you just heard your AccuWeather forecast. Now, we have good good afternoon weather today and evening weather. And then for Sunday, sunny, a lot like today. 
It's 76 with a real feel of 77. Our rain starts Monday. Tim Ferruzzi, Dave Alexander. Tim, of course, from Making Your Home Great and Handy Helpers at HandyHelpersRemodel.com and Highland Residential Roofing at the website HighlandRoofingNC.com and Larry, who as far as we know, is just from Cary, but he's got a question about concrete. Larry, how are you? Good, thank you. Yes, Good. Uh, what can I do for you? Well, I'm one of those relocated Yankees that moved to uh, Cary. Yes. Oh, yes. Good <laughs> place for you. How did you know? Never mind. Go ahead. What's your concrete question? <laughs> uh, for new home, first year in the home, yeah. uh, first ice storm we had, I went to the local food line and got some salt. Yeah, I, I put it on the driveway, and lo and behold... Uh, I get what they call spalling. The whole top surface of the driveway lifted off. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What is it, Tim? Usual, I mean, I'm from up north where we use salt kind of frequently, and we really got into it with a builder because it was a brand-new home and uh, ended up in court and definitely got a new new big driveway out of it. It was expensive. But was yeah. I out of line? No, you were in line, and that, what what did they decide was the... Uh, the cause, because there could be several things that uh, caused that. What did they decide? Or well, did they, they didn't. I had to go out and get an independent consultant. He said the finishing was wrong, that they they allowed yeah. the concrete to cure too much, and they added water to the top surface and made like a second, second layer, basically. Yeah, it's called bleeding. Um, okay. I think one of them is called, there's, there's four or five things, but yeah, that's, that's it, so it looks like it's a, a finished top layer, but underneath it was moisture. And so it never really got a true bond at that top layer. And I see that a lot. Um, well, I say I see it a lot. Uh, I see it occasionally, and um, it blows my mind that, that, it, that it happens. But there are four or five or six things that can cause that, and I'm glad you did pursue it because you were, uh, you know, in line to do that. Okay, good. Yeah, I appreciate that because it was a, a big ordeal and a, very expensive because it was a long driveway and a big four-car pad, and, yeah, it was really expensive. So, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm not yes, going to use salt again just because I'm <laughs> scared to death now. Well, no, salt shouldn't. No, salt should not, it should yeah. not uh, cause any problems if the driveway is done correctly. Okay, yeah. Well, how about this for an idea? We have one of these ice storms every now and then. I've gone out and put salt on the front step. And on the driveway, at least on the areas where the, the ice is, am I causing, could I cause a small problem or any problem by melting that ice? Should I wait for it just to melt on its own? And I'm asking Tim. Well, no, I mean... Uh, ice is the right ago. thing to do. Uh, salt, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you see the commercial facilities do it all the time for liability reasons right? Uh, and, and service reasons. So uh, you shouldn't have any issues. If your concrete's done properly and it's mixed right for this environment, uh, that should not cause problems, mm -hmm. okay. in my opinion. All right. Larry? Uh, one, other, one, other, one other question for you. The driveway and back pad are now a slightly different color than the walkway to the front. <laughs> mm hmm because I think it's a, yep. it's a harder concrete they put in the newer concrete. Is there any way to right. tint the con tint the concrete to make it all look the same? Um, they have concrete stains. You could try something like that, but I think that would be an exercise in futility. I don't think it's <laughs> worth okay. pursuing. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I 
a surmise looking on the web. Yep. And my guess yep. is, Larry, you cannot call that original contractor back <laughs> no. to have him do that, right? Not really. <laughs> the relationship is broken down. Yes, okay. exactly. All right. Well, All good right, luck, guys. Larry. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yes, sir. All right. Take care. Next time he calls, I'm just going to call him Larry from that town near Morrisville. Uh, Tim Ferruzzi, about uh, two minutes left in this radio program. What should we talk about? Well, um, what do you want to talk about? Well, you know, so I'll tell you what I want to talk about. Actually, it picks up on what Larry just mentioned. I have a slight bit, and it's about concrete. I have um, brick steps. And I put the salt down. This is why I asked this question a couple of minutes yep. ago, and everybody looked at me like I was silly. I have a, a one stone that has broken loose. Yeah, it's not a stone I step on. In fact, it's underneath the piece of plywood or the piece of wood that is the handrail. Okay, so there's been no pressure on it at all. There's a one brick that's fallen away. Well, I don't know that that's related to the uh, chemical you're using. Okay. Um, it could possibly just be a workmanship issue to where they didn't, when they were mortaring the brick together, they mm -hmm. didn't mortar, they didn't put a full bed of mortar on it. They just kind of buttered it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they do that sometimes to save time where it's not. So between brick yeah. and brick, you want it to be solid mortar. Mm -hmm. Connecting to the other brick, and sometimes you'll see where if you you pull it off, then maybe you could do that now and look at it. Yeah. If you only see twenty or thirty percent mortar coverage, then that's the problem. Okay. It's got nothing to do with with you using the de-icer. Makes sense. All right. Uh, Tim Ferruzzi, of course, is with Handy Helpers, HandyHelpersRemodel dot com, and Highland Roofing, Highland Residential Roofing. HighlandRoofingNC.com. Thank you, Tim. Yep, take care. We'll everyone. see you next week. We're going to be talking about OSHA and safety and your home and making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF.